0: And we looked at the final seven bowls of wrath poured out by the seven angels upon the earth. And now we're starting chapter 17. And that's where we're going to be today. We're going to be in chapter 17. And chapter 17 gives us a summary of details of God's wrath and how God will bring an end to Satan's rebellion. Satan's rebellion against himself, and how man plays into that rebellion. So let's look at chapter 17 of the book of Revelation. We'll read the whole chapter. We're not going to try to cover the whole chapter, but we'll read the whole chapter. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked with me, saying to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet, and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. And on her forehead a name was written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and the abominations of the earth. I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus, and when I saw her I marveled with great amazement. But the angel said to me, Why did you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which has seven heads and ten horns. The beast that you saw was and is not and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition. And those who dwell on earth will marvel whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they see the beast that was and is not and is yet. Here is a mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. There are also seven kings. Five have fallen, one is, and the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must continue a short time. The beast that was and is not is himself also the eighth and is of the seven and is going to perdition. The ten horns which you saw are ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet, but they will receive authority for one hour as kings with the beasts. These are of one mind. They will give their power and authority to the beasts. These will make war with the lamb and the lamb will overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and king of kings. And those who are with him are called chosen and faithful. Then he said to me, The waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. And the ten horns which you saw on the beast, these will hate the harlot, make her desolate and naked, eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. For God has put it in the hearts to fulfill his purpose, to be of one mind and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. And the woman whom you saw is that great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. Quite a chapter. Notice one of the seven angels comes and he talks with John. And he tells John, he says, John I will show you, I will explain to you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters. Time and again, angels are sent to explain to mankind, believing mankind that is, things that our minds, that our natural minds have difficulty understanding. Why angels? Well, angels are simply messengers of God. That's their duty. That's one of their main responsibilities. Um, And having just come through the Christmas season, Gabriel, an angel, was busy uh, appearing to Mary, appearing to Joseph in a dream, and others, explaining to man the birth of Jesus and without gabriel coming think of all the unanswered questions that we would have think how confused mary would have been after she asked how can these king how can these things be if gabriel hadn't answered her but gabriel gave her insight if gabriel had not been sent by god the whole christmas Story would have been confusing to most of us. I think angels, with their understanding, with their superior intelligence, and they must look upon us, and I'm sure they probably say to one another, it's your turn to go explain to them, I'm done with them. I think that must happen time and again in heaven. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong. Don't quote me on that. (laughs) But one of the seven angels who has poured out a bowl of wrath upon the earth, he comes to John. And you notice early part of the book of Revelation, John is totally frightened. He is totally in the awe of these angels. He's getting a little used to angels appearing and he's not awestruck by this angel. He's not falling down and worshiping this angel. It least John is a little familiar with this angel. And this angel carries John away out into the wilderness. And the angel will show John what goes on behind the scene, behind the spiritual scenes, what is causing this great harlot, what is causing her to entice the kings of the earth, the men of the earth of prominence, what is causing them to commit fornication with her? The woman is called the great harlot. And she rides upon, or she directs, the rider usually directs the path of, uh, of the horse or whoever they're riding upon. She directs the beast, and the beast allows this. The beast and the rider, they work in unison, for they have a common goal. And their common goal is they are against Christ. The woman, the great harlot, happens to be the religious political system which is in place during the tribulation period. It's an ecumenical religious system that is very appealing to the world at that time. And we will look more at the harlot later in chapter 17. But this woman, she wears purple and scarlet. These are royal colors. These are, indicate that she has a great place of prominence in the world. This is a way of saying that she's looked upon as royalty. Uh, She is also adorned with precious stones and pearls and gold. And she's drinking from a golden cup. This indicates tremendous wealth. This system, this great harlot, has great authority and great wealth. And because of whom she rides, she rides the beast, this new economical... A communal political system which will be headquartered on or in the city of seven hills. And this is mentioned in verse 9. Rome happens to fit that description. Rome is known as the city built on seven hills. Now, we must bear in mind this is. After Jesus has raptured his church after he has taken his saints out of the world but there are still religious and political systems out there and this rich affluent religious system is part of the great harlot's influence upon this world or upon man and the so called church after the rapture The best you can say about this so-called church is that it is contaminated. It has been uh, altered for its usefulness. It is no longer a church of God. The great harlot, she will use the system already in place. This system or this confederation of ten nations, seven leaders, known as the beast. And together, the harlot, this religious system, and the beast will rule and reign for the last half of the tribulation period. The great harlot, she is full of abominations. She's full of filthiness from all of her fornications. And we get a glimpse of God's perspective towards idolatry and fornication because they're known as an abomination before him. Look with me at the angel's description of the great harlot. Mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots, an abomination on the earth. Babylon is not so much a place or a city, but it's a condition. It's an abomination before God. Let me repeat that. It's good to, for us to understand this. Babylon is not so much a place or a city, but it's a condition of an abomination before God. So when you say Babylon, don't think necessarily of a location, but think of a condition. For instance, when I say Las Vegas, what comes to your mind? Or when I say Hollywood, what comes to your mind? Or the French Quarter in New Orleans. Different images come to mind when we mention different cities. All of the cities I mentioned, they have a reputation that precedes them. Likewise, Babylon. Not so much a city, but a type of sin, of idolatry, or an abomination before God. Let me give you a little world history. You all wanted to have a history lesson today, didn't you? I'm sure you did. Amen, Brother preacher. Babylon or Babel, where it originated from, had its origins with a man named Nimrod. Uh, Way back in Genesis chapter 10, we have the birth of Nimrod. Nimrod comes on the scene. Nimrod is the great, great grandson of Noah. Nimrod, his name means hunter of men. And Nimrod has a wicked plan for the people of the area he lives in. God has told Noah and his family, multiply, cover the earth. Nimrod has come along and he says, Come, let us build ourselves a city, a tower whose top is in heaven. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered over the face of the earth, which God said, Noah, you are to go and spread out across the earth. Nimrod is in direct defiance of God's command. Nimrod builds his city called Babel, later known as Babylon, a city built on human secularism, a city in direct opposition to God. The Tower of Babel was simply a shrine, a ziggurat, where secular priests used the signs of the zodiac to predict the future. That was what the whole Babel Tower was about. That's bad enough, right? But Nimrod, here's where the story gets interesting. Nimrod had a wife, according to ancient history, named Semiramis. But before Semiramis married Nimrod, she had a son named Tammuz. I think that's how you pronounce it. (laughs) I don't think any of us would name our children Tammuz anyway. But listen to the legend. Tammuz was conceived when a sunbeam of light shone on the belly of Semiramis. Okay. Now, consider that. And we Christians are accused of taking giant leaps of faith. How about that one? You're going to believe in this woman that a sunbeam shone on her belly and a child came out? But Tammuz, anyway, he is to be the Savior of the world according to his mother. But Tammuz, as a child, he's out playing and a wild boar gores him and he dies. And for 40 days, Semiramis weeps over her son. But suddenly, he comes back to life. And he raises from the dead. You can just see Satan's counterfeit plan of the true salvation of Jesus all through this. Noah... came along, and he was told, you know, go out, scatter, multiply, cover the face of the earth. And Nimrod says, no, no, we're going to build a city. And in the building of that city, we have a false religion coming about. We have a false plan of salvation being realized. And we have a false virgin birth of a Savior in this city that Nimrod builds. And we have the basis of all false religion originating here in Babel or Babylon, ancient Babylon. Semiramis, mother Tammuz, becomes known as the queen of heaven. And worship of Semiramis and Tammuz begins this mother-child worship that goes on today. Many cultures around the world have worshipped mother and child. In Phoenicia, this worship was known as Ashtoreth and her son Baal. In Nineveh, it's Ishtar. In Egypt, it's Iris and Orissus. In Greece, Aphrodite and Eros. In Rome, Venice and her son Cupid. But finally, finally, this cult worship appears to die out only for it to be resurrected and revived during the tribulation period. So Babylon is a system of cult worship much greater than than a simple location. John hears this angel's description as Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots. What a title. Now that's quite a name. Hi, I'm Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of all harlots. Pleased to meet you. (laughs) You know. What a name, what a title. Today, we simply label one of these mystery religions that came out of that as New Age. You've all heard of New Age. Ninety-five percent of the New Agers are college-educated. The New Agers are known as the most affluent segment Of the baby boom generation. They're the leaders. They're the movers and shakers. New agers. They happen to trace. Their religious beliefs. All the way back. To Babel. Interesting to say the least. The mother of harlots. That name. That title speaks of spawning. Or birthing. New and different cult religions. And these re- religious systems, they're going to peak, they're going to come to a climax during the tribulation period. The New Age movement, and I'm not telling you anything you already are uh, not aware of, the New Age movement happens to be very popular in the business world today. There's seminars that go on all the time on channeling your mind and, and doing mind games to find serenity in all this. And it happens today. So even before we enter the tribulation period, these cults originating way back at Babel and then being perfected in Babylon, they are flourishing right now, today. All the cults always have one thing in common, and they are always anti-Jesus. They deny the true and living God being in the form of Jesus. They deny his way of salvation. And you can always identify a cult by what they do with Jesus. Is Jesus God? If not, you have a cult. It's that simple. Some cults, they make Jesus Satan's brother. I don't think so. Others make him Savior, but not God. Still others call him a great prophet, a teacher beyond his years. true, but he's God. But in verse 6, to kind of wrap this up, John sees this woman, this harlot, and she is drunk. She is intoxicated with the blood of the saints and the martyrs of Jesus. A vivid description of what brings pleasure to this great harlot. The death of the saints and the martyrs brings her pleasure intoxicating pleasure. I don't know if you've noticed it of late. I think it's a desensitizing of innocence, if you want to call it that. There's a growing tendency in the world to celebrate the death of your enemy. Celebrate it. On 9-11, what, 11 years ago, Many of the militant Muslims celebrated the death of thousands of victims in the twin trade towers. There was celebration in many of the Arab nations. Gaddafi, who died this past year, who was killed by his own people of Libya, he was put in coal storage after his death so the locals could come in and view him and celebrate his death. Osama bin Laden. Many here in the United States celebrated, partied, became intoxicated over his death. Now, he was a bad guy, you know, but to be celebrating, become intoxicated over his death. Our Lord Jesus had something to say about this, of course, and He says, I take no delight in the destruction of the wicked. As His followers, as His people, we should take no pleasure in anyone suffering death or eternal damnation. There is no pleasure there. That is a very... Sobering conclusion to any life to know that that person more than likely passed on into hell, into damnation. That is sobering. We stopped this morning and we thank the Lord for His mercy and grace. That's what we want to be about. That's our directive for the coming year be about mercy, be about grace. Love your enemies, love your friends, love your family. Be about love. And with that, have a blessed new year. It's going to be interesting to see what the Lord does this coming year. But most of all, go forward with the Lord. He has great plans for you. Let me get you to stand and we'll close in prayer. First of all, Lord, we again thank You for Your goodness, Your love towards us, Your faithfulness, Lord, throughout O11. And Lord, we look forward to O12. May this be the year that You return for us, Your people. Lord, we look forward to the day when You would call us to be with You. We see this world, and even in the best of times, we see this world just kind of crumbling, falling apart. Lord God, may our thoughts, may our hope be in You and in Your kingdom, not in this world. I'm so glad that we have so much more to be looking forward to than what this world offers. So Lord, Don't let us be troubled by the politics of our nation. Don't let us be troubled by the sinfulness of our nation. Let us be salt. Let us be light, Lord. But let our hope rest in You, our Lord and our God. And We thank You for loving us, and we look forward to where You will take us this coming year. So we thank You in advance, Lord. And it's in Your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.